0: Welcome back to the podcast guys, this is the number one podcast for men in their 40s who want to improve their health through nutrition and fitness. This is episode 136 and on today's episode we are going to be talking about the science of sleep and just how critical it is to all areas of our lives. Joining me is Devin Burke. Devin helps exhausted insomniacs get and stay asleep so they can wake up with more peace, power and and presence. He's a best-selling author, TEDx speaker, renowned sleep coach, and the founder of the Sleep Science Academy, which helps people stop suffering and start sleeping using a holistic approach. I'd also like to thank the show's sponsors, Athletic Greens, now known as AG1. Their mission is to empower people to take ownership of their health. Athletic Greens brings comprehensive, convenient daily nutrition to to just about everybody. Taking a bunch of pills and capsules is hard on the stomach and hard to keep up with. AG1 has 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens in one convenient daily serving. Their philosophy is to focus on a very small number of products based on what the latest science indicates is essential to human health. Athletic Greens offers the listeners of the show 10% of their first order. Just head over to athleticgreens.com forward slash fitter, healthier dad. Hey, Devin, thanks very much for joining me on the podcast today. How are you?
1: I'm well, Darren. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for taking the time out and uh, and coming on. So for people that haven't come across you before, Devin, um, and obviously the very topical a uh, topic of sleep, which sounds crazy when you say it, right? Um, can you give us a bit of, of insight into you and to how you got to where you are today?
1: Uh, yeah, I'll give you the short version of a long story. Okay. Uh, essentially, um, I was going to be a doctor, of physical therapy, okay. and I took a, a break in between my finishing college, my undergrad, and before I was going to go into this doctoral program. Did a backpack trip around Europe with my now wife. And got back, realized, you know what, I don't know if I want to go back to school for something I'm, I don't, it's not really that passionate about. And at the time, I had met somebody who was working with a health coach. This was about 15 years ago now. And I had no idea that that was a thing. I never heard of that term. And she was telling me, yeah, you know, we changed my diet and, you know, changed my mindset and all these things. I was like, wow, that sounds amazing. So I met her health coach and she started to tell me a little bit about how she worked with clients and what she did. And I was like, wow, this is, this is what I want to do. So that led me to, you know, to start to study health coaching and coaching in general. And then I really got into psychology, performance psychology. And wow. I started to work with a lot of high performing entrepreneurs, people that were running companies and just uh, needed to be at the top of their game. And one of those individuals was having issues with his sleep. Right. I thought sleep was a waste of time. <laughs> I, I really did, and because I'm blessed with amazing sleep, that's actually a gift. Yeah, um, yeah, like my literally growing up, my family used to make fun of me, call me narco for like narcoleptic, <laughs> yeah, um, because I could just pass out anywhere. Like right. I remember traveling one time and just being on like the airport floor and like you know, loud and dirty, and I'm just yeah. taking a nap. Um, so anyway, I, long story short, I looked into what was available for people that had sleep issues, and I w- was surprised what I found. Actually, I was yeah. surprised what I didn't find it was it was really it was both. It was bad solutions. It was these drugs that are addictive and dangerous. Yeah. And then if you're lucky to find a good CBTI practitioner, um, so long story short, then I looked into okay, well let's look in the science around sleep. Like what? Why is sleep important? And that's when I really was like, wow. I had no idea how important yeah. it was, um, and so got some certifications. I was it, during this process. I was able to help that individual, and I said, "If I could help him, I could help you know thousands and yeah. yeah. millions of people." And uh, and that led me to study sleep, found Sleep Science Academy, and and start speaking all over the world about how to improve sleep.
0: Yeah, that's super, super cool. That's a super cool story, to be honest, because I think often, you know, kind of stepping back to, you know, when you went backpacking around the world and then came back and actually realized that the path that you were going down wasn't necessarily the path that really um, you were bought into. And then to change that, you know, all too often. You know, you hear of people not doing that and it's only when they get to kind of a, a mid part of their life, maybe 40, that actually decide to make that change. So massive kudos to you really to actually you know have that realization first off.
1: Well, I'm 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 super blessed. I consider myself very blessed because um, I was praying about it and it yeah. just didn't feel right. It took a lot. Honestly, it did take a lot of balls and a lot of courage. Yeah, because I had this path that I was set on, I, you know, I I got, I was actually accepted into two different doctoral programs. I had done all the exams and to sort of just throw that away um, and really not know what was going to happen (laughs) was kind of ballsy, but looking back, it was, it was the best decision that I I possibly could have ever made because I'm now able to impact so many more people with the knowledge that I now have um and, yeah. and what, what i'm now doing so i think that you know whatever you believe in God, the universe they it'll life supports life yeah, and yeah it'll guide you if you listen to that like small voice that we often ignore
0: yeah and i think that's an important lesson for people to take away you know we're not you know we don't necessarily trust our instinct or trust our gut as, as people call it really enough i don't think but the but the other thing i wanted to highlight is you said there Devin, is around coaching Because in the UK, you know, coaching is not something necessarily that is as as widely used and as popular in the US. And And the reason I want to highlight it is because I always use the analogy of sport. And if you were going to go to the Olympics, right, and you wanted to be a high performer, you wouldn't do that on your own. Right. You would go and seek out not just one coach, but multiple coaches. So really, what I want to impress upon the listeners is that yes, there's, you know, we're in this world of information, aren't we right now where we can go on YouTube, we can go on Google, and we can find out stuff. And that's a starting point, right. But actually, a lot of the times, if you want to master an area of your life, there is no better person to see than actual a coach that does this day in day out. So I think that's it's something that I, I think it's changing in the UK, but it's not something that's talked about enough. I think I think all too often we lean on the doctors because it because of our kind of health system in the UK, and because it is effectively free, although we pay for it in our taxes, we kind of our default is to go to the doctor. Whereas you know obviously in the US it's it's a fairly private healthcare system, isn't it? Uh, and, and therefore you maybe your default is not to go to the doctor, but to seek seek out a coach. So what, what would you say to people listening um, around the coaching side of it? You know, what kind of resistance do you get when, when you're coaching people?
1: Yeah. So first and foremost, I think a lot of times, especially depending on the demographic and the topic that you're coaching on, people have resistance to admit that they even need the help. Right. Uh, right. So there's that first barrier. And then it's, you know, it's, um, Coaching is one of the best things you possibly can invest in though, because it's, you're taking somebody that is taking a lot of time and energy and knowledge to study a specific topic and cut, it cuts the learning curve and it creates a yeah. space for you to actually have some self-discovery and self-awareness um, and some accelerated education on a specific topic to get results. Cause at the end of the day, a coach's job is results. Yeah. And so um, depending on what type of coach you are. I mean, coaching, like you, you, I love the analogy that you said, Darren is like the best performers in the world, they all have multiple coaches, but then yeah. somehow a lot of times people just don't think about hiring coaches for you know, yeah. for certain things. Um, I personally invested um, I could say tens of thousands of dollars at this point, probably maybe even more mm. um, on coaching. Personal yeah. coach on a lot of different areas, whether it's business or, you know, my own psychology or um, you know, different things. And it always the return on investment has always been well worth the yeah. time and energy invested in a coach. So I, I would just say if if you're somebody that's struggling in a specific area, it's well worth the time, the investment, um, yeah. and the energy to to hire someone.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I totally agree. And and similarly, you know, I invest in various different areas where, you know, I want to improve uh, to get a different perspective as well. Um, So in terms of sleep, then this is always a funny one. Right. And I think it's becoming less so now because there is so much more exposure to just how important sleep is. But when you talk to people about sleep, they're like, yeah, well, we do that every day. Right. Uh, And I sleep okay, or I don't need lots of sleep right so so let's start with that one because that's for me is always a classic one in terms of I don't need much sleep and we yeah. now know through the science that's just not the case right and it and if you're a person listening to this that is of that kind of opinion um you probably the the way that you feel and the way you act is a default response of that lack of sleep so you don't know any different do you um, so let, let's touch on that first with people that believe or perceive that they actually don't need a lot of sleep and just how detrimental that is going to be to them.
1: Yeah, it's, it's there. you touched on two really important things. The first is the negative stigma that sleep has. Yeah, and it really culturally around the world sleep is largely seen as a waste of time. There's all these phrases, you know, you snooze, you lose. I'll sleep when I'm dead. I don't need yeah. to sleep. You know, you have all heard them, probably said them to ourselves, and hopefully, yeah. you know, starting not to believe that. Uh, so there's that social stigma, and then there's what you mentioned is really important key is people just don't realize how underslept they are because that yeah. becomes yeah. more normal. Mm. So you really don't know how good you could feel until you start to really focus and prioritize you and protect your sleep and get better sleep. Um, And most people just think, oh, yeah, I sleep pretty good. Or, you know, I don't have issues with sleep. It's or they're thinking like on the other side of that, it's a waste of time and I don't need a lot of sleep. And they're telling themselves these stories that simply are not true. Yeah. And so I think one of the reasons it's starting to shift is Yes, there's a way more science now showing how important sleep is. Yep. Um, and also publicly public figures from, you know, the top athletes in the world, like a Roger Federer, a LeBron James, um, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, um, yep. you know, all these guys, they have sleep coaches. They they yep. get they you know, Tom Brady, they, they're, they're publicly sharing, Hey, we, we sleep, it helps our performance and recovery. And then it's not just professional athletes. It's illuminary business people like Ariana right. Huffington, like Jeff Bezos, in an interview said that sleep was the secret to success. Right. And, and, um, Bill Gates is another one, Mark Zuckerberg, um, all these people publicly, you know, that, pe- that most people look up to these hmm. businesses, they're changing the world. Um, You know, they they're publicly stating despite their busy schedules, they make time for sleep. Yeah. People, the stigma around it is starting to shift with the science and with with, you know, figures like this starting to share that they're it's, you know, you should focus on it. Um, But a lot of people still are ignorant. Yeah. The fact of of how important it actually is.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I we'll we'll delve into just how critical it is in a moment. But the other the other side to it that I wanted to pick up on as well is that um, people perceive that because they're in bed for eight hours or they go to bed and they have they have eight hours of sleep. Now I know because I track my sleep with an aura ring that's just simply not the case, right? And so what I wanted for you to break down is the various different stages that we go through in our sleep and just what, what that actually means for us.
1: Yeah, real simple. So not to confuse people. There's two different types of sleep. Yeah, There's what's called non-REM and REM sleep. Right. And every 90 minutes we go through a sleep cycle. And what a sleep cycle consists of is several different stages of sleep. So stages one and two are considered light sleep. Stages three and four are considered deep sleep. And then there's REM sleep, which is you know short for rapid eye movement. So every 90 minutes we're going out of, you know, state from stage one, two, three, four, popping into REM, popping back, you know, to two stage two, we're going in and out of these different sort of states, sleep stages, if you will, um, over the course of the night. And we call that in sleep science, your sleep architecture. Right. And so understanding that quality sleep, when we talk about quality sleep, we're talking more about stages three and four, also known as deep Mm -hmm. delta sleep and REM sleep. Because those two stages really are when the mind and the body's magic um, is is taking place. So the body's healing itself, the brain is healing itself. There's you know certain hormones being released. Like it's just incredible. Right. Um, even though our bodies seem like they're asleep, they're actually wide awake. Right. They're, they're awake, repairing and recovering. Mm-hmm. Um, and stages one and two also are important because they you know if if they if they weren't we would we would we wouldn't have them, right? (laughs) So, you know, like for instance, you know, your blood pressure starts to drop, your body temperature starts to drop during these stages. It sort of is like preparing you for the deeper stages of sleep. Um, so all stages of sleep are important. And, but mostly when we're talking about quality sleep, we are talking about, you know, the Delta deep sleep and, um, and rapid eye movement sleep.
0: Yeah, I mean that's um it's super important and it's it's really quite enlightening when you actually do track it, um, the various different stages you go through. Um, and and what I find really interesting, and I've I've been looking at this over the last kind of couple of months, is that sometimes when you wake up in the morning, right? You, you get up and you think, actually, I had a really good night's sleep. That was that felt like a really good night's sleep. And then when you look at your data, you're actually like, wow maybe that wasn't such a good night's sleep, right? <laughs> you, know, and you were restless, you didn't have as much deep sleep and all the kind of rest of it. So I think it's it's, it's really interesting. And for me now, since I've been tracking my sleep, there's a clear distinction between, you know, the, the amount of hours sleep I get and the way that I feel in the morning. And what I specifically mean by that is, if I have only six and a half hours sleep versus seven and a half hours sleep, there's a world of difference to how I feel, my mood in the mornings. And, you know, a lot of people listening to this, if they're not tracking it or unconsciously not aware of it, they will then start to gravitate towards things and actions in the day that will pick them up, won't they?
1: Yeah, and that's a big point to, to really hammer down is that you can't master what you don't measure. Yeah. And if you understand how important sleep is and you want to master it, you have to measure it. And the Oura ring is, is a great device to do that. That's what we use at our Academy here. Right, um, right. And so you do got to be careful. I mean, it's not hundred percent accurate. It's it's no. definitely you know, it's yeah. getting more accurate as they update their, their tech. And um, so, but it is the most, I find it is the most accurate when we're talking about accuracy of all the devices. Mm. And so it's, why it's so important is, is what you just said. It's, you can start to correlate, well, this is what I did or didn't do during the day. And yeah. that's how it affected my sleep. And then how, you know, you can start to see these sort of trends and then you can start to also feel the trends. Um, right. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you, you, the reason why you might feel like you, maybe your data says, oh, you had a great night of sleep, but you don't feel great is maybe you woke up in the wrong stage. Right. Right. And so people don't understand. And now there's actually some really cool technology, um, sleep technology that's coming out. That's, that's going to enable people to sort of wake up in the optimal stage of sleep. So you don't feel groggy, which is really cool. Yeah. There's, um, one of my passions is technology and using it to, um, like better living through science, essentially, Mm. um, to optimize things and sleep specifically. So so that's the, you know the stage that you wake up in also is going to be an important thing and most people wake up with an alarm clock and that pulls them out usually uh, at the wrong stage yeah so, and and it shortens their sleep most of the, most of the of our rem sleep happens in the fourth quarter of the night and that's really when the, the mind is is repairing and recovering or working on emotional traumas it's really important for memory consolidation um for learning mental acuity all these really important things happen during that stage that often gets cut short because of people's alarms yeah and so long story short measuring your sleep is important if you want to improve it like bottom line
0: yeah absolutely and i can yeah attest to that you know and, and i've been doing it for a couple of years now and it's really insightful so So for people then that are listening today and they struggle with fatigue on a daily basis, they don't necessarily get a good night's sleep because they've got young children. What are the types of things that we can start to look at Devin to really start to, you know, if we are really serious about improving our sleep and we don't want to go down the pharmaceutical route and all the rest of it, or we've been there before and it just kind of makes us feel terrible. What, what kind of things can we start to look at?
1: So It's important to understand that you can't separate your day from your night. So a, I always say the great, a great night of sleep happens as soon as you wake up because what right. you do throughout the entire day dictates if you're going to have a great night of sleep Yeah, and a great night of sleep dictates how you're going to show up the next day. So it's, yes. it's cyclical, There it's, it's, and so you got to have the conversation about stress because street sleep and stress are bi-directionally linked, mm-hmm. meaning the less sleep you get the more stress you experience, the more stress you experience, less sleep you get. Right. So what's, I always start with what's good for your health is also good for your sleep. And what's Mm -hmm. good for your sleep is good for your health. Right. Um, So making sure that you're, you're taking care of yourself, meaning you're moving your body, you're eating good foods. um, You're, you're, you're taking breaks, you're managing your stress. Oftentimes, you know, we were taught how to manage stress from people that didn't know how to manage their own. And so most people, you know, they use alcohol, they use drugs, they sedate themselves, Uh, you know, we repress emotion. Um, There's all these things that we, you know, have been learned from society and our parents and, and there really are very bad habits for our mental, emotional health and and our physical health. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to be open to habit change, Um, but just some real quick sort of quick hitting easy things that people could do. Yeah. um, Listening to this is the three, two, one sleep. Okay. Um, and it's really easy to remember. So three hours before bed, you want to stop eating. And the reason for that is because the first quarter of the night, that's when we get most of that Delta stage three and four sleep. That's when our bodies immune systems are act most active and hormones like testosterone and growth hormone are being released. You don't want to be digesting food. Yeah. When your body's trying to do cellular cleanup, right, and it actually will keep your body from getting into those deeper stages of sleep because your body temperature gets thrown off because you're digesting your energy, energy is getting diverted to the stomach. So three hours before bed, stop eating. Yeah, two hours before bed, stop working. So we often take our days into our nights. Yeah, and we wonder why we can't sleep. it's not rocket science no, that's
0: have exactly right yeah. so
1: you know i call it a bed buffer have a right. buffer between your day and your night and this could you know so turn off the you, you're we're not computers like um but we treat ourselves like we're machines mm. your brain and your body just don't turn off you need to create the space so allowing at least two hours of your mind to start to kind of simmer down so to speak yeah, from yeah. trying to problem solve all day with, is really critical. And yeah. then yeah. one hour before bed, you start a ritual or routine. And this can look like stretching, reading, making love to your bed partner, a hot shower, hot bath, you know, playing with your dog, your kids, tuck reading, tucking your kids in and then tucking yourself in. Yeah. Something that is going to allow your body to start to relax. Ideally you want to be away from technology because yep. technology hyperarouses the brain. The blue light blocks the melatonin faucet from being turned on fully. Um, So, but it's, you know, most people's bedtime routine is watch the news. Right. Which is full of fear, which is full of negativity. (laughs) And then all night your mind is is (laughs) thinking about all the terrors in the world and the wars, this and that. It's like, okay, there's a place to be informed, but it's Mm. not, don't do it right before you go to sleep. Yeah. You're not going to sleep well. Um, don't have difficult conversations in bed with your bed partner. Save that for, you know, in the morning, um, or in the afternoon, even better when you're, when you're, you know, you have some space. So here's just some three, two, one sleep. If just, if people listen to this, just did those three things in that order, they'd sleep better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Particularly three. So not eating three hours before you go to bed. I know now. That, for example, if I go out for a meal or something like that and it's going to be late, that's my sleep not ruined, but it's not going to be a good night's sleep, right? Because your heart rate's elevated, your body's still trying to digest food, like you said, and you're you're kind of restless, right? And your body temperature's elevated as well when the body's kind of working away. So, um, yeah, I think number three is is definitely um, important. And then obviously, you know, one, you know, being off of devices an hour before you go to bed that's really critical just really yeah. critical i think for so many different reasons but the other the other um area that i've heard about is around your environment so i have this thing now where i turn the heating down at night which is when you live in the uk the uk's cold most nights right but i have yeah. this thing where i have the heating down so the house is at least 18 degrees or less which means that when you get out of bed, it's cold, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, but because if you have the, the, the heating too high, it makes you restless. Where, where do you sit on the kind of whole sleep environment uh, side of things?
1: Yeah. I mean, sleep environment's essential. Yeah. And, you know, talking about body temperature, there's two things that control sleep. It's temperature and light. Right. So you want your bedroom to be cold, and 65 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm not sure what that is in Celsius is yeah. really the ideal temperature. So right. it is pretty cold. And the reason for that is our body temperature needs to drop two to three degrees Fahrenheit for sleep to even happen. Right. And, and so throughout the night, your body temperature also needs to be regulated. Yeah. Um, if you have, you know, a mattress that's, is, is storing your body heat. That's not ideal. Right? Uh, so having a really, you know, the most important piece of furniture you own is your mattress. Yeah, it is. You're on it for a third of your life. Most important room in your home is your bedroom. Yeah, and so you want it. You want it cold. You want it dark because again, the second thing that controls sleep is light. Yeah, um, you don't want light from street lights or from your devices or from your you know TV if you have your TV in a room, which I recommend you get that thing out of your bed. Yes, you definitely. Phone, yeah, because um, you only want to do two things in bed, which is sleep and sex. Yeah, nothing else. Not watch TV. Not eat. Um, and so the, the last part of that is quiet, you know, you want your room to be quiet. And so if you live in a city or, or whatever, like you could use blue, I'm uh, not blue, it's, um, white or pink noise machines, okay. you know, those are a great strategy. Um, you know, you could soundproof your room by putting things, you know, on the ceiling and things like that. If it's a really noisy place, <laughs> um, but cold, dark, and quiet, and then clean, You want, you don't want a lot of clutter in your bedroom. It should be simple. The colors on the walls actually make a difference. You want blues and greens. You want to stay away from reds or, you know, colors that are going to be more stimulating um, or, or busy wallpaper, like floral wallpaper or something like that. Save that for like the dining room or something. Um, So yeah. So the environment is, is really important. And then the air quality, here's another really important thing. You want the air quality. You don't want it too dry and you don't want it too humid you want you know you don't want to dry out the nasal pot passages um and if it's too humid it's just it's you know mold and things like that so yeah. air quality is important so make sure that you have a if you, you know an air filter or some sort of air filtering device would be a good right. idea to have that in the bedroom as well
0: yeah yeah absolutely so so you said earlier about you know your your sleep starts the morning before the night right So when you get up in the morning, that's effectively when you're preparing yourself for your next night's sleep. So people listening to that might think, well, that's a bit strange. You know, I've just got up. Why would I be preparing for my night's sleep? But there's a lot of logic behind this, isn't there? And science, actually. So how would you then what do you exactly mean
1: by that? So the other part. So when I say that there's two things that control sleep, body temperature and light, this is where the light conversation comes in. Right. So we have what's called a circadian clock. You can think of it as your body's, you know, natural rhythm clock. Um, there's the there's the master clock in the bodies, the suprachiasmatic nucleus, which sort of controls all of the other clocks in our bodies. And each cell actually has a has a clock, just like yeah. the sun comes up and sets. Our bodies have these these are synced to that. And so first thing in the morning, you want to get light on your skin. Right. Um, it's really important because that helps keep these clocks synced because you know so it's really if you can and some people can't because you wake up and it's dark out and you have to get to work you know you can um there are lights that you can purchase that sort of simulate the sun alarm clocks now that that simulate this the sun kind of rising which is really healthy for for keeping that circadian clock synced yeah Um, and if you can watch the sun set Right. That's also really powerful and helpful. The the hues of the light at that hour that your eyes um, absorb, it also helps keep this clock healthy. Yeah. Uh, so, so that and and then as well as you know, cortisol's highest in the morning, right? And right. it's highest for a reason, and it, it, because it's you know it's supposed to be high at that time. And oftentimes people then do things that keep it high throughout the rest of the day, which isn't what you want. You want to kind of, it should look like a roller coaster. Uh, Most people just grab a cup of coffee. And the reason that that's the wrong thing to do is because number one, it's going to keep the cortisol high. Number two, it's, it's a diuretic. So really, and we lose a liter of water throughout the night. So hydrating. Yeah. And, and maybe sometimes even more depending on, you know, your, your, how, how, much of a sweater you are. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so you want to make sure that you, you, first thing you do is you drink a big thing of a liter of water or, you know, a couple right. cups of water and then wait an hour and then have your cup of coffee because mm-hmm. your cortisol then will start to drop You're dehydrated, and, and it's just going to be much smoother on your body. Mm-hmm. So like those little things make a difference. And then it's like your morning is when you put on the armor for the day. And so, right. setting yourself up with a practice, whether it's prayer or gratitude or, or meditation or 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 something like that, um, is very useful to then mitigate the stresses and the uncertainty that you'll experience throughout the day. Which then, obviously, that's going to impact your night. So that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I could go on and on, but those are some of the, the things why you know I I state that a <laughs> yeah sleep happens as soon as you wake up
0: yeah no and it's really important and i think it's um it's important people listening that kind of understand that because you know we kind of evolve and we just we, we're out of bed you know when we finally get ourselves around to kind of moving it's like then go like we push the go button then the day goes right and i think it is so valuable that even if you have to get up half an hour before which means you'd have to go to bed half an hour earlier to, to actually take that time in the morning you know 15 20 minutes to go through a little bit of a practice with yourself like the hydration you know the getting outside in the sun obviously we live in the UK so it's starting to get light here now this time of year um, the meditation the stretching that you know and that only has to take 20 minutes it yeah. really honestly does set you up for the day um, and the the, the the part you mentioned there about cortisol levels which is obviously our stress hormone which is The body's telling us, right, now it's time to get up and start moving. I think that on the coffee side of things is really important. Now, I actually didn't know that, what you just said, but I do actually delay my coffee an hour. So I have the fresh water. I actually just started to put um, potassium, magnesium, and salt in my water to hydrate myself. But then I don't have a coffee for at least an hour. So, you know, little hacks like that, isn't it, really? They all kind of build on throughout the day and the mean that when you actually then do go to sleep the following night really, really help. So on the on the topic of nutrition as it relates to sleep, then obviously, you know, coffee is a a well-known thing that. Caffeine is a stimulant. And if we have that at certain times of the day, you know, it's going to affect, uh, obviously raise our cortisol levels, which can affect our sleep. Um, So can you talk about foods and drinks around and how, as it relates to sleep?
1: Yeah. So, you know, caffeine obviously is is the big one. Um, Alcohol is the other one. So we have our upper downer and most people are are consuming alcohol or using oftentimes alcohol as a sedative to, to put them to sleep. Yeah. And the reason that's not a good idea is one, because it could become habit forming, but two, because alcohol does get in the way of those deeper stages of sleep that, that we really want to protect and optimize yeah. for, um, because it's a, you know, it's a toxin, it heats up the body. Yeah. It um, also, you know, it dehydrates us. Um, and it also messes with the insulin system oftentimes, depending okay. on the alcohol you're drinking. So, so the type of alcohol, so you know, you want to have alcohol earlier on in the day um, with dinner, a glass of wine, you know, that's as, but, but the later it gets into the evening, you want to really start to taper off, um, all beverages because you don't want to be waking up and and having to use the, the restroom. I think you call it the loo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So, um, so yeah. So, and then as far as nutrition goes, you know, what's, Every, you know, just like there's not a a one size fits all for sleep. It's the same thing with nutrition and really just taking, making sure that your, your timing is, is on and you're eating just, you know, fresh food, good food. That's, that's, you know, designed for your body. That's not processed and loaded with sugar. Cause again, sugar is another one that unfortunately it it gets in the way of, of good sleep. So mitigating sugar, um, as much as possible, Alcohol, caffeine, know, I mean, these things. There's a time and a place for them. You don't want to have to deprive yourself of it, but these are, you know, sugar is an addictive drug. Uh, alcohol is is really poison. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, and caffeine blocks adenosine, which builds up sleep pressure, which keeps us from this deeper stage of sleep. So, you know, in moderation. Like last night, I was out with some friends. I had a tequila. I had a big burrito, um, <laughs> and and surprisingly, I actually slept pretty good although i did wake up in the middle of the night and i usually don't wake up in the middle of the night so that's probably the alcohol came in um so so anyway those are those are some some pointers for people just to to be mindful of
0: yeah absolutely and i think you know yeah that obviously if you stop eating three hours before bed that's obviously you know one of the best ways to do it but i think you know for me and and Caffeine obviously is a, is a big topic. And for me, I know the way that I metabolize caffeine is that if I have any caffeine related drinks after 2 p.m. in the afternoon, that's it. My, I will not go to sleep. You yeah. know, I will be tossing and turning. I just will not go to sleep because it takes at least eight hours, doesn't it, to metabolize through the body.
1: Yeah. Depending on how, you know, there's different types of people that metabolize caffeine differently. So some people can process it a little bit better than other people. Some people are a little bit slower to process it. Um, but the half-life is, you know, it could be six to eight hours depending on, which means it's in your, your system for, for 12 to, you know, 16 hours, um, depending on your, your, how you metabolize caffeine. And that's, and, and, and again, the re- the science around that is because it blocks adenosine and adenosine is this neurochemical that creates sleepiness, right? And it kind of just that receptor site like gets blocked by caffeine. Right. If you look at the molecule of caffeine and adenosine, they're very similar. It's really, okay. and that's actually why you, you feel alert when you consume caffeine yeah. is because it's, it's, it's sort of mitigating that, uh, adenosine process, mm. uh, so it's not real energy. It's sort of like you're tricking your body to be yeah. honest. So, you know, you don't want to rely on caffeine, um, but, you know, it can be a useful thing for, you know, for, for focus and for sport. Um, yeah. You know, used in the right ways. It's, it's you know, it's not yeah.
0: too bad. I also wanted to kind of ask you around sleep deprivation. Um, and, and at these times when we don't perhaps get, you know, enough sleep, we don't get the the, the the eight hours sleep, and and we do only have five to six hours sleep, because it is so detrimental, isn't it from a cognitive standpoint, you know, you might feel okay in yourself. But from a cognitive standpoint, you know, if you think it's great to burn the midnight oil when you're working and stuff like that, the actual cognitive performance degrades quite significantly, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of science around that, and the reason for it is the prefrontal cortex is part of the brain that's responsible for reasoning, for decision making, that gets uh, fatigued right. faster. Um, and there's a lot of science around when we're underslept, our memory, our mental acuity, our men- mental um, you know processing speed yeah. is drastically reduced, um, almost to the point. Depending on how underslept you are, like you're under the influence of alcohol, believe it or not. Right. It's to that yeah. detriment. Like, and and the scary part is, just like you know, sometimes if you're under the influence, you're not. You everyone can see. Oh, this person is definitely not fit to drive. Yeah. But you're the one. If you're the one that's you're, like, oh, I'm fine to drive. It's the same. So so right. you don't really realize it. Other people can notice it. Um and maybe you'll, you realize it, but oftentimes it's like, you, you're so, we're so subjective that we, we don't know, Um, you know, and we, uh, I'm fine. I don't know. It's, it's, (laughs) you know, so, and I, I can tell a brief story about this. Uh, recently I was a couple of weeks ago, I was in, um, New Mexico traveling (laughs) and we had some flight delays and it was just like a really rough time getting there. Um, and it was only a couple hours of sleep and I left my, I had two suitcases and I left right. a giant suitcase full with all my, my ski gear on the curb. I <laughs> oh totally no. forgot about it. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, I'm walking to the rental car and I'm, and my wife goes, where's your other suitcase? I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. And it just was because I was, I didn't have this, like, so those are the kind of, you, you make mistakes. Yeah. You make mistakes when you're underslept, and actually, some of the biggest mistakes in history have been linked to sleep deprivation, like the Space Shuttle Challenger explosion, the Exxon Valdez wow. oil spill, uh, Three Mile Island nuclear disaster. They've wow. all been linked to uh, sleep deprivation, and so the people that were operating those um, machines were underslept, so they weren't, you know, as cognitively yeah. present. Um, as they could have been and, and that leads to you know big big issues yeah. life or death oftentimes
0: yeah and i think it's, it's, a, it's such a port- important point that i, I kind of want to emphasize again like you said there about sleep deprivation equal to to, to drinking and alcohol because we don't you know we don't we don't make that connection right you definitely make the connection if someone drinks alcohol and they try and Operate a machine or drive a car, but you don't necessarily make that connection when this, you know, they don't have enough sleep. But it's it's really important. And I think, you know, if there's employers listening to this as well, having employees working crazy hours, they might be in a place at a computer or, you know, at their place of work, but they're not necessarily effective. And so right. you can actually work less but achieve more, right?
1: That's right. Yeah. And it's it's actually the speaking of the night shift, the world health organization said that the night work shift work is a probable carcinogen. Wow. Because, because the detriments of not getting sleep. Yeah. And so, yeah. And it's, it's once you kind of understand how big of an impact it actually makes on your ability to operate machinery, such as a car, you actually, it becomes alarming, like Mm -hmm. driving around knowing I know how many people, are underslept and they're behind the wheel. Um, you know, you really become a much more alert. I'm much more of an alert person because I know that people are half asleep. Um, and they're driving around thinking that they're good to go, but, you (laughs) know, um, and another interesting thing is that, you know, daylight savings time, right. When we lose an hour, the next day, there's more car crashes and heart attacks. Wow. Like significant amount, significant, like statistically very significant. Um, and so again, it's, you know, this is, we're not just talking about things that aren't aren't real here. These, this Mm. is real, there's real hard facts and science around this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the resolution to it's fairly basic and straightforward, right? You know, it's just a a series of sequence of events that we just need to be aware of and put in place and you can transform your sleep. So Devin on that, what five things would you say that the listeners could take away from our discussion today? To to start to implement and improve their sleep.
1: Yeah. So so definitely I would say the three two one sleep. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, pra- start practicing the three two one sleep, measuring it. Mm-hmm. You know, so get yourself a device. If you don't want to make the investment in an aura ring, there's you know your Apple Watch or Garmin or Fitbit, yeah. there's a lot of them out there, things you can even put on your bed or wear on your head. Um, I like the aura ring personally. So start yeah, measuring yeah. it, practice the three, two, one sleep. Um really I would say it's important for people to take a look in into how they handle stress because stress and sleep are bidirectionally linked. So, yep. If you don't have a healthy way of managing your stress, you're going to want to start to um learn <laughs> from someone yeah. to practice whether it's meditation or prayer or 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 something um to help mitigate that stress is going to be really important. I'm a big believer in mindfulness meditation. Definitely, it's, uh, it's very powerful, uh, not just for your sleep, just in life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I would start. I would, I would really start with those three things. So just to kind of circle back, it's the three, two, one, measuring it, yeah, managing stress um, and then prioritizing, and protecting it. So making sure that you create it, like you, we, we talked about in the very beginning of this conversation there, and you, you notice that just because you were in bed for eight hours didn't, necessarily mean that you're sleeping eight hours so giving yourself at least your your body mind at least at least an eight hour window to hopefully get you know seven hours if not more would would be a great places to start
0: yeah absolutely i think um yeah it's 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 a you know great five um steps you've given and i think the three two one is very easy for people to remember right don't eat three hours before two hours before, you know, stop working one hour before stay away from any electronics devices and just read, spend time with another human, which is rare, right? People don't do. Um, And, uh, and yeah, you can, you can definitely transform your sleep and it it, is no kind of small thing to say. It can actually transform your life. That's, you know, I'm sure you're a test for that as well.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we support people all over the country and, when you're not sleeping, it does affect every aspect of your life. Your, yeah. from your relationships to your job performance, to your energy and health, to your mood, mental health. Um, literally, there's not an area of your life that's not impacted negatively. And on the flip side of that, all areas, it's like, um, you know, it, it affects all areas positively. It's positively compounded across every aspect of your life. So it really is a foundational thing that when you prioritize and protect it, it is transformational
0: absolutely so that's a great point to end on devin so for people that want to connect with you find out a little bit more about you what you know what's your socials website and all that kind of good stuff
1: yes uh so sleepscienceacademy.com is sort of the hub um for all things sleep and then um devin burke wellness is on social media um and then i have a best-selling book on amazon it's called the sleep advantage it's also on audible you can for those people that don't like to read awesome Um, And uh, that just goes into more detail of of some of the things that we we, we spoke about today, Darren. Uh, And that's it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, perfect. Well, thanks very much again for coming on today. And um, I look forward to speaking to you again in the future.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes and a full transcription. He's over at fitterhealthierdad.com.